Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Happy Queso podcast. I'm your co-host, Quesarito. And I'm joined by... Happy Man. Happy Man. We're just enjoying this new soundboard feature and intro music. And I'm loving building this podcast from scratch and finding out all these cool new things. How are you doing? All these cool new things. I'm great. I'm great. Dealing with some stuff. That we don't have to talk about, but I'm good. That's okay. We can talk about it, Happy. You and I, right here, right now. God, giving you that soundboard was the fucking biggest mistake you could have made. Probably the worst idea, but also maybe the best idea. We shall see. Possibly. Anyways, I have some heavy stuff to get into for today's episode, Happy. Are you ready for it? Today, we're going to be getting into RWAs which you talked about earlier, there actually is a banking term for RWAs. Risk-weighted assets. Yes. And as crypto does, hijacking terms and reinventing new definitions for it. So the definition of RWAs that I'll be working with is real-world assets. And it's something that I discussed a little more in depth with with uh, Omega on the uh, Two Strangers 1FT podcast this past Saturday. And since then, I've been kind of digging a little deeper into all this stuff because, you know, the digger I deep, the more my mind is being blown with how much of this is already in the works and some big names like JP Morgan and Siemens and Germany's Electronic Securities Act and all these big players already diving into this space. And yeah, I just want to kind of dive into that and go over with you and get your thoughts and all that. Cool. So... Tell me, I guess, so I can understand, and our lovely viewers can, is what is a real-world asset? So I'm still learning all this. It's still fairly brand new to me. But as far as I understand, real-world assets are actually tokenizations of real-world assets. So this could be any real-world asset, and you basically put it onto the blockchain. So say you've got your bank and you have a vault of a hundred million dollars you turn that into a coin or you buy a stable coin and you issue out those coins at like a one-to-one ratio thus making like a stable coin and it's backed by a vault but the actual trading of it and use of it is through crypto and blockchain so you can kind of use this for just about anything and this is where my ideas and excitement was coming from is it doesn't need to be a vault of a hundred million dollars it could be say a pokemon card a rare pokemon card that you tokenize or a bunch of toasters you know a refrigerator uh real estate anything that you can consider an asset could theoretically theoretically be put onto the blockchain and traded and this introduces the concept of fractionalization uh, fractionalized ownership and honestly the you know your imagination can just run wild with all this stuff cool okay let's get into it so all right what's so, happening with rwas so when i was doing dig uh, digging a little deeper into this i came across an article um, talking about RWAs big picture wise, but more centralized on the idea of its use case for decentralized finance. 
So I was digging into this and MakerDAO seems to be kind of the leader as far as implementing RWAs for uh, financial institutions. And what MakerDAO is, is essentially um, this kind of decentralized bank, if you can call it that, on the Ethereum blockchain. Now, I'm not familiar with Ethereum too much, but digging into this and just looking at their charts, it's in the show notes in the Happy Queso podcast channel in the compound. But just looking at the charts from October slash November 2022, so you know a little over six months ago, they went from having $0 generated from RWAs to the present where their generating looks like over $50 million per month in RWAs. And how this has kind of changed their distribution of the assets that these guys hold. It went from zero in October 2022 to now well over a third of all their assets that MakerDAO holds. So we're talking hundreds of millions of dollars here already being used and implemented. And digging into some of the news that was into it, I'll just read you a quote here. Uh, So JP Morgan was getting into it and playing around with uh, blockchain and tokenization. And one of the quotes I read was, uh, the pilot resulted in JP Morgan executing its first DeFi transaction on the public blockchain. The trading of $100,000 tokenized Singapore dollar deposits the first issuance of tokenized deposits by a bank for tokenized yen issued by SBI Digital Asset Holdings. So JP Morgan is already playing around with exchanging tokenized assets in this space. That's insane. And then going further, there's another one, which with bigger numbers (laughs) is uh, involving Siemens and Germany. So more on the European side of things. As another example... Siemens, I know. Don't 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 go there happy. <laughs> As another example of institutional interest, Siemens recently issued a 60 million euro digital bond on the public Polygon mainnet. With a maturity of 1 year, the digital bond was issued in accordance with Germany's Electronic Securities Act and was pur- purchased by Decabank, DZ Bank, and Union Investment. By issuing the bond on public bo- blockchain, Siemens was able to remove the need for paper-based global certificates and central clearing, allowing the bond to be sold directly to investors without needing a bank to function as an intermediary. I believe this was back in like February, so just a few months ago. So this is all still very recent. Yeah. So they're they're starting to kind of play around with this on on transferring their assets. Yeah. A lot of and at bigger levels too. So we're talking 60 million euros and that's just the beginning i have another quote for you are you ready for it another quote another block quote of another example so we started with a hundred thousand dollars now we're talking 60 million euro and now we're talking about MakerDAO, and this is why they have such huge stockpiles of rwas or tokenizations of rwas the bulk of MakerDAO's RWA collateral, 500, over $500 million, comes in the form of U.S. Treasury bonds managed by Montalis. These assets provide the protocol a source of yield on otherwise idle USDC collateral. MakerDAO also launched a vault-backed $100 million worth of loans originating from a community bank in Philadelphia called Huntington Valley Bank. Huntington Valley Bank used MakerDAO to support the growth of its existing businesses and investments around real estate and other related verticals, 
and served as the first commercial loan participation between a U.S.-regulated financial institution and a decentralized digital currency. In a separate vault, Societe Generale borrowed $7 million from MakerDAO in a position backed by 40 million over 40 million euros worth of AAA-rated bonds tokenized by OFH to- uh, tokens. So that's so a, lot then, of, a lot of words. That is a lot of words. Why don't you break down exactly what that means? So we go very quickly from JP Morgan doing a DeFi transaction on a blockchain to issuing digital bonds from a financial institution using the blockchain skipping the intermediary bank process altogether, so selling bonds directly to investors, to now these financial institutions, fully regulated, now getting finance through these decentralized finance blockchain dApps, companies, or whatever you want to call them. So very quickly, you see an integration of institutional centralized finance interacting with the DeFi ecosystem. And this has all happened in the past just few months. Wow. So what do you see this going to? Do you, do you have any predictions that you see? Oh, well, that's why I wanted to kind of talk to you about this in general, kind of pick your thoughts. I mean, my initial reaction was like, whoa, this is going to be going really quick, like blowing up really fast, sooner rather than later. Faster and than I think AI. It, faster than AI, like... I imagined all these executives in the bank were watching this happen and they thought, holy crap, we can just do this just like that. We can skip all these checks and bells and whistles and all this red tape and just make things happen. Like we can just issue a bond just like that. We can get a loan from this website just like that without paperwork. (laughs) We just post some collateral and get a loan from these guys and then we just pay it back whenever. And it's just like that. And we don't have to do months of, and packets of paperwork you just just make it happen well my my thought on it is how can it be abused because like there's definitely a way if if we're allowing these massive corps to move this amount of money there's definitely a way that they can abuse it as well right Maybe. Well, I'm, I'm not entirely sure how you could because, I mean, the nature of collateralized loans. So, right. So how these guys tax are making, evasion, tax evasion. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, actually, good point. Well, I'm not sure on the details of I'm sure on the regulated side, they would still have to pay taxes. But the decentralized finance app, they could avoid taxation for sure. Yeah, because like if they're able to just move these massive amount of monies, monies, if they're able to move this massive amount of money that easily and simply without any paper trail or like paperwork needing to be filed, I'm sure there is still paperwork needing to be filed, but a lot less mm-hmm. is what you're describing to me. Mm-hmm. Then why wouldn't they just say, hey, just don't file the paperwork and transfer it over? Yeah, well, I mean, it'll all be on the blockchain, right? So. I would imagine it would be evolving into something where these Have public institutions... Have you seen the SEC? They barely know what a block is. True, but the, they're learning real they're fast still, is, is what is happening. <laughs> they're still taking those fucking Lego blocks and and pieces of chain together and, and asking, <laughs> how does this work? Yeah, they're taping the Lego pieces together rather than just stacking yeah. them on top. <laughs> yeah, they're Maybe. like, okay, this is a blockchain now. How do we stop them? 
Yeah, potentially. I mean, I, I didn't dig too deep on the SEC side of things. I was just seeing on what these financial institutions are doing with the blockchain now and with these decentralized apps. Yeah. Well, I do notice that all of these things are happening. I mean, I guess JP Morgan is, where is JP Morgan centralized? It's New York, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So I guess like JP Morgan is the only one out of any of these examples that's in the US, right? Yeah. The other, uh, well, no. So the community bank that took the loan from MakerDAO was, uh, just a community bank in Philadelphia. Oh, that doesn't matter. That's probably some like backhouse fucking bank that Sam Bacon Freed created. Maybe. I'm not sure. I, I didn't dig, dive that deep into it. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, they still made it happen. And uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure. I guess we have to dig into the legal side of things and figure out how they made it happen. Or is it just some, you know, really uh, adventurous and risk taking account manager who says, you know what? I can get a loan for you guys. Just give me a hundred million dollars. <laughs> Let me stake it as collateral and I'll get you a loan. And then we don't have to ever pay it back. <laughs> or yeah, we have, as long as we just make these interest payments, we can just pay it back on our own time. Yeah. I do really like, like the idea generally about this is cause this is, this is kind of like from being in the space for as long as I've been in it is, this is exactly what a lot of people have been striving for finding real world use cases for crypto mm -hmm. and that seemed to be like the magic word that people would use mm -hmm. a year ago probably is there's real world utility this has mm -hmm. real world use case and because as much as crypto wants to be decentralized and off the grid it also very much wants to be seen as something that's that's useful i think yeah the community members more so right yeah kind of like a, a balance of being visible but also being not too tied into the system but being available for the system if, if need be yeah to kind of like maybe show that hey we can operate like a real society as well mm -hmm. you know yeah. like if you had a a full city that just completely ran off of crypto how many downfalls would it have and how many use cases would it use yeah i mean have you uh have you had much experience with uh decentralized finance and getting a loan from a robot no I i've have. never gotten a loan from a robot unless I you're did. talking about like an atm no uh so uh back uh, about a year ago actually yeah probably a little over a year ago uh, i was using soland and it was basically, I had a, just a stacks of Solana and I was playing around with it. And I just deposited a stack of Solana onto Soland and I withdrew um, some USDC and I used that to purchase another asset. And then that blew up, sold it as a profit, paid back the loan, cleared out the loan. And I basically just got, you know, free profits out of thin air and I didn't have to talk to a single human being. I just put in, I just, you know, just played with the numbers on the website and approved transactions myself and got these loans myself and paid it off myself and didn't have to sign a single paper, got this money, made profits off of it, returned it, and it was done and done. And the risk of it, you know, obviously it sounds like too good to be true, but the risk of it is if, well, if Solana tanked in that, in in that time, time that you had it. 
then Soland takes the Solana collateral and they basically just bought at a super cheap discount and then I lose out on everything. They're just shorting you. Basically, yeah. Like basically yeah. just shorting me. But then I'm still paying a little bit of interest. So it's a win-win for these uh, decentralized loans, essentially. And they don't I need a yeah. single human being to do anything. It's all smart contracts, all on the blockchain. Interesting. Yeah. So that's basically what I did at smaller scale. And now I'm reading these articles. I'm like, holy crap. Now these public institutions or these uh, financial institutions are basically doing what I did with Solend, but just at much larger scales. But in concept, it's the exact same thing. They're just posting up collateral, taking a loan, and then there's no conditions on the loan minus the interest. And then if the collateralized, well, the asset that you gave them collapses, well, then they, they get it. Or you just post more to maintain balance. Well, I mean, there's not really any, I, I guess, like the the dollar has some volatility mm-hmm. that they're transferring so they're essentially taking these dollar values and just sending it over as a crypto token but not necessarily sending it over so it's just kind of like a like it's an iou with the blockchain mm-hmm. exactly yeah just a public ledger saying yeah jp morgan owes us a hundred million dollars in usdc and they're posting it, 10 houses as their real estate or what have you. Or, I mean, that, that's more later down the road. But they're posting whatever they post as collateral, U.S. Treasury bonds as collateral. Yeah, which are worth nothing. Yeah, but they produce revenue. So MakerDAO has this treasury as collateral that they're earning those interest payments on. On top of the interest payments they charge JP Morgan down the road. And so Ooh, it's a win-win for me. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's interesting because like they totally probably have done something like this before. Mm-hmm. Just not yeah. on the blockchain. Yeah. I mean, these are just, I mean, that's just how a collateralized loans work just in general, but now it's going onto the blockchain. That's the, that's where the movement is. That's where the, that's the thing that gets me excited <laughs> is, you know, instead of all this paperwork, like if I try to do the exact same thing I did with Solend through, you know, my personal bank, I would have to put in applications and then I would have to, you know, go through all this red tape. But if I've got this stack of Solana, stack of Bitcoin, stack of USDC, just sitting there doing nothing, you know, and then. Yeah. You know, well, I, I mean, like, obviously they've they've transferred assets, but I meant they've probably kind of like hand traded assets as well not necessarily like with blockchain assets but with other things as well Mm -hmm. um like especially with like in time of war man like the the amount of like Mm. military assets they get and you might know more about this Mm -hmm. than i would but like military assets that get traded during like war times and stuff like that Mm -hmm. it's insane oh yeah like uh the, the movement of physical cash in war zones is is a huge piece of what the uh, Federal Reserve does secretly. <laughs> uh, I, most people don't really know it, but the Federal Reserve trains people uh, on, on how to move cash around uh, these war zones. So, you know, cash controls, paperwork, loads and loads and loads and loads of paperwork. Uh, and then just the amount of resources needed to transport this cash 
like physical helicopters, armed guards, armed boxes, just to get a hundred thousand dollars to this village in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Versus if someone in that village in the middle of nowhere has a point of contact with the Fed and they need cash from the Fed, well then get them on the blockchain. Get them on the blockchain. All they need is computer. That's all they need. All they need is computer. And a lot of them already do. They have the smartphones. And you can do all this on a smartphone. True. Skip the helicopter. Skip the giant bags chained to people's arms. (laughs) Just send it. It, it's just I I guarantee the ca- they need the uh, the physical cash because they can't. Sp- if you're the only one in your village with a cell phone, like how are you spending <laughs> your money? Good point. Hey, look, yeah. I have this much money. Yeah, I guess they go to an ATM. <laughs> <laughs> right, one ATM. It's got a twenty in it. Yeah, <laughs> would would last them three months to survive. Yeah, true. But I mean, as but like I'm sure it can take replace like 80 percent of those transactions that happen i mean they're trying to i think the world is very much trying to move towards a well like listen to the sec's argument right now in in their their lawsuit with finances or we don't need another digital currency we have one the u.s dollar is 90 percent digital it's like yeah we know you idiots printed so much of it that your dollar is mm-hmm. going backwards. Yeah, but is it on a blockchain which acts as a public ledger so we can uh, see what you guys are actually doing with the money? Yeah, and that's, that's, uh, that's what they're afraid of, really. That's the biggest mind. difference. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Well, it also got me thinking as well, if MakerDAO is doing all this and they're issuing their own stablecoin and it's one-to-one pairing, are we not entering an age where we're basically having multiple feds like if, as far as like a lender of last resort kind of function that the Fed has, I mean, I suppose in a way, it just I guess it really depends on like how recognized these. Which MakerDAO, like you said, like looking at those graphs, they are very much like dominating the space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it depends how respected and recognized they are, right? Yeah. Anybody can throw on a sheriff's badge and fucking start telling people what to do. But I mm -hmm. mean, if it's made of plastic, not many people are going to listen, you know? Yeah, exactly. And I think that's where the Fed is catching a lot of heat right now. Because, I mean, how they control the interest rate is basically their their reserve rate. And it's basically how much they're charging banks on the loans they give to banks. But if you have this decentralized app that takes way less paperwork, way less approval, way less overhead. And so they also charge a lower interest rate. Then if these banks go to these uh, DeFi protocols to get the loans that they need, they don't need the Fed as much as they did before, minus the legal obligations. At least that's what I, I was kind of thinking after I was reading some of these. No, well, like, I think that's the main thing that they are afraid of is not being needed. Yeah. Anymore. Kind of getting out of the and that's like the one thing the government never wants is to not have their hand in the the uh the pot in, in the exchange. <laughs> in everything. They they want every penny to touch their hands. Yeah, every dollar to be accounted for. But I mean that's the thing, is like, well, just check the uh check the blockchain. It's a ledger. Every transaction's right there, guys. Just take a look. You'll see everything that's happening. Yeah. 
There's which, not really anything. Well, it's funny yeah. because we we talk in crypto about like yeah, the blockchain, everything's visible and stuff like that. But it's not it's not really truly visible. Like there are mm-hmm. ways to get around that. We've seen it. We've seen hackers take advantage of those, and it takes yeah. a lot of investigating to find some of these people. Yeah, like little uh, leaks in smart contracts, and you know. I guess, I don't know, I guess we'd have to ask someone who does that, what they actually do for it. Because, I mean, for me, I just see it as like, well, you just have to keep following the breadcrumbs until you get to where you need to go. Yes. It might take a while, but it's doable. The thing that I am seeing is the, I think the biggest issue is, so essentially like on the black market, black web, whatever you want to call it. Dark web. Dark web. The deep web. The deep state. The deep, dark, black web. (laughs) Is people are buying like hacked um, exchange accounts. So you'll go to like, let's say you go to Binance, mm-hmm. you sign up your account and uh, somebody gives you like a phishing link and they steal your account uh, after you sign up with your KYC and everything. Mm-hmm. Right? So right. They, they do this and then steal your account and then they mm-hmm. sell that account to somebody, to a hacker. Okay. Who then takes your money, puts it on that account, and then sends it somewhere else. And they do that fi- through 15 different accounts to different mm-hmm. areas. And then finally withdraw it somewhere through through a, a through a card that's been stolen. Okay. So it's like an authentication problem. Like you might know the public address of quote unquote JP Morgan or something, but you don't know who actually was the one who did that transaction. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That makes a lot so, of sense. Which is, I think, a good thing about crypto and a bad thing. I think, um, like, we don't want people. The worst thing to happen to like modern day society, I think, is the government to know exactly who's spending what dollar, exactly where. Yeah, I think that's the catch twenty two of crypto. Because if you know someone's public, you know, you know, wallet address, then every transaction is viewable by anyone who knows yeah. it. The only issue is, is, is if the government. If if we had paper money, and we just we just spent paper money, and the government just was like, not all in your faces trying to figure out every dollar you spent, mm-hmm. it would be fine. But now that everything's so digital, that people have turned digital to avoid it, like crypto, mm-hmm. that now it being digital also gives people the advantage to take advantage of one another as well and steal that money because it's yeah. it's so easy to do it from from the, your desk right like mm-hmm. you can you can commit a, a million dollar robbery just from being some fat dude sitting in a computer chair yeah no that's true it's kind of like uh we, we're evolving at the same time devolving at the same time like it's the wild wild west of crypto and you got well, these every robbers like <laughs> dudes train train robberies from the yeah, co- well, convenience of their bedroom. <laughs> exactly. Every evolution has its downfalls, right? Like every every step mm-hmm. forward presents new flaws. Yeah. And uh, yeah. this is just a flaw that needs to be, that has been presented and needs to be mitigated. And it's yeah. just going to take time to figure it out. Yeah. And it was just kind of funny where the uh, solution to ever evolving, you know, surveillance state where you want to uh, protect your economic freedom through crypto. Well, now the government and government bodies are getting into crypto. Now the safe haven is physical cash. So it's like coming full circle. <laughs> right? Well, not necessarily. I'd say your 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 money's still safe 
as crypto, I would just have like a like a a Trident ledger or something like a like a USB ledger mm-hmm. to keep your money on. Don't keep it on exchanges or anything like that, so it can't be traced. Because mm-hmm. yeah, it's definitely not safe being in the economy right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just the vulnerabilities of it: hackers, governments, train robbers. It's everywhere. Yeah, all those guys. <laughs> yeah, be coming for your your money. Coming for your stacks, coming for your bags. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's a lot. And I didn't realize we were already 28 minutes in. I feel like that was just the intro. (laughs) This is a topic that I feel like I'm going to be diving into a lot more happy. Not going to lie. I might be making you very annoyed by bringing these articles <laughs> for the following weeks. We'll just rename our podcast, the RWA podcast. Yeah. I like the happy case of podcast. It's a nice thing to it. <laughs> yeah. But well, well, one, of the, one of the points that I wanted to, unless there is, I guess we still have like maybe five minutes to keep expanding on things before we close out the episode. But was there any other ideas that kind of popped in your head? I have so many notes I want to go over, but I think we'll have to save this all this for another episode. Well, stop <laughs> talking about how limited time we have and just start talking about the stuff you want to talk about. You're right. Get well, it I out. Want, I, wanted to hand the, I wanted to hang the mic over Say to you and, and see if there's any ideas that came to your mind from all this. I've just talked about all... I was. We just spent a good five minutes talking about all my ideas. Okay. Well, then, I guess you're satisfied. Anyway, so... The direction I wanted to head into was kind of going big picture a little bit. And the idea of how in the early 2000s up to the present day, we've seen this movement of the internet of things where we were bringing all these real world assets into the internet, so to speak. So refrigerators, watches, grandma's door, I mean, even medical equipment, your Apple watch recording all your health data and then uploading it to the internet. You know, it's, it basically took the world by storm. And so what I'm seeing with all this, because it's starting with financial institutions, but I don't think we're too far off of, call it the tokenization of things. Now we bring the, all these real world assets and now we bring them to the blockchain, not just the internet, but now we're tokenizing these things. And so this can go from Pokemon cards to businesses to these vaults of cash and U.S. treasuries and precious metals, to deeds of real estate. And that's where I was going on with that idea of J.P. Morgan, you know, posting collateral. It doesn't necessarily have to be just stacks of U.S. dollars and U.S. treasuries. What if we tokenize a deed of real estate and now J.P. Morgan has 10 of these and they post these 10 deeds of real estate as collateral to MakerDAO and then MakerDAO issues uh, a collateralized loan to J.P. Morgan. And then if the value of these real, these, this real estate goes down and J.P. Morgan can't um, you know, pay back the loan in time or, or meet the collateral limit, well, then now MakerDAO owns the deeds to these 10 pieces of real estate. And I don't think that's too far off. I mean, there's a lot of that's legal issues, but... Gambling at that point. Essentially, but I mean, that's just how collateralized loans work. That's how the rich get richer, right? They don't yeah. actually sell their their stacks. They take loans against it and they use those loans to make more money. And then the revenue that they use those loans for pays off the loan. And then they just basically made money out of thin air. But it is that that gamble of, are we going to have a collapse? 
Are you actually going to be able to pay back this loan? Is that investment actually going to work out? If not, I get to have your 10 houses. But if so, if it does work out for you, then you just basically got free money. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. So that was kind of the uh, idea I wanted to go into. But just, I'm just astounded and just my mind is blown the digger I deep into this of like. The digger I deep? The digger I deep, the more my mind is blown with how deep this rabbit hole can go. Because it isn't very difficult for me just to make a one of one deed to a house. It's going to be legal issues, of course, but that's a that's a problem for another day. The technology is there to make it happen, though, and we're already yeah, seeing I mean, institutions get into it. It's been it. there for a while. I think since the blockchains even existed, you could create a deed to a house on the blockchain. Mm-hmm. And NFTs, like there's they're non replicable, right? Yeah. So you could yeah. you could easily make a deed in an NFT. Mm-hmm. You get that notarized that way. Yeah. yeah, get it notarized, get it approved, and get a stamp of approval from the bank that you got your mortgage from. So yeah, mortgage is paid off. This is the deed. Here's the token. We acknowledge this NFT as a legitimate, you know, uh, tokenization of the deed. And now you just transfer that deed to the next owner, whoever buys it, and then they get all the paperwork and that token, and then have just some kind of centralized exchange. To, oh man, I don't know. Like, imagination, you can just let it run wild. Yeah. <laughs> the technology's it's there. Again. Yeah. And I was going to follow up to another idea of this new class of professions of these blockchain notarizers, so to speak, all these legal experts, all the new legislation that will have to come to the front to make all this happen. But, seeing all this stuff happen and these institutions already making moves like it's already happening and it's already there. And MakerDAO is basically the front runner as far as I can tell. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think they're definitely going to be like the staple in, in a lot of it, Um, especially being on ETH, right? Like ETH is like second in, in tier at this point, probably to Bitcoin. I think a lot of people would argue. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, they've they have a lot of powerful people in it, and if, if oh, it yeah. makes a solid foundation in what they're doing, then I think they could definitely make become like mm-hmm. the gold standard. Hundred percent, especially as ETH just gets better and better. But <clears throat> that just begs the question: is uh, what's the Solana version of MakerDAO, and who are the ones who are going to become the RWA leaders in the Solana space? Because I think the Solana blockchain is just better than Ethereum. Easier to use, much simpler, faster. Yeah. It has its issues, but I think just even to move forward, like we we have a lot of things weighing on Solana right now, like this lawsuit especially mm-hmm. that's uh targeting Solana specifically. So I think focusing on that, but uh, I know it's gonna take like a massive amount of money to do something like that. Yes. A lot of connections, a lot of networking, and a lot of big business people choosing Solana over other blockchains. But then, yeah, oh, there's just so much. Because, I mean, you can get an idea of, like, well, is the SEC targeting Solana specifically? And if so, why? You know, I think just using Solana, you see that this could replace stock exchanges very easily. (laughs) Just with the capabilities of what the Solana blockchain can do. Yeah, just how fast it is and, and, like, the amount of use cases it has. 
Well, it's and they're not targeting Solana specifically. They there was a number of other cryptos that it, they're targeting, but uh, Solana was unfortunately one of them. Yeah, that they're trying to freeze on. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Definitely a lot more to come. And uh, yeah, sorry if it was just me ranting this whole episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. You're the you're very well versed in everything you're talking about. So. Oh, no, I'm an idiot, dude. I, I, just, I just read a few articles, saw some charts, and my mind started going wild, and I had to talk to you about it. That, that's spiraling. all this was. Just spiraling. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't even well, our podcast. This is just us talking. Yeah, that's true. I forget that we're recording a podcast sometimes, man. It just feels like us talking. <laughs> yeah, it literally is. That's all about podcast tips. Yeah. Well, for all the listeners still listening and uh, <laughs> that we just remembered probably are existing, <laughs> it's been a pleasure talking about this. Definitely way more to come. And uh, did you have anything in mind that you wanted to talk about, Happy? Or maybe did you want to do your uh, dig deeper in your rabbit hole of RWA no, digging? No, we're already on 40 minutes <laughs> talking about RWAs. Oh, no, I meant for next week. Oh, no. Nothing. Nothing yet. Nothing. You guys just get surprised. Yeah, it'll be a surprise. Well, if not, maybe I'm we'll talk keep... about RWAs again. Maybe. I swear, once you start doing some Google searches, of crypto RWAs, I think I think you might also go a little uh, crazy and excited. I'm just kidding. Stuff. Don't or worry, not. I won't talk about RWAs, everyone. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for everyone who's been listening. A lot of good stuff coming down the pipeline, and I'm sure Happy's going to bring something amazing next week. Yeah, we'll talk about different flavors of toast. <laughs> As long as you make it interesting. And how you can decentralize them. (laughs) I would be interested to see what that is. (laughs) All right. Should I play the little sandwich thing? There we go. You like this, Happy? (laughs) All right. Until next week, everyone. Until next week. Bye. Bye.